Okay, everybody, we're back for part two. Woo! So, yeah, so uh, we didn't realize how big this episode actually was going to be. And uh, I guess now that we're both in the same room, it's uh, sort of like ends up becoming more of a conversation than normally when we have it over, like, you know, Skype or something. So, exactly, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we'll continue. So, um, we are now going to talk about the Game Awards of 2023. The winners are now in this week. Yep. So, um, yeah, do you want to go through them all and see what we think? All right, let's do it. So, the Game of the Year. So, as usual, we have the nominations of. Alan Wake 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2, the Resident Evil 4 remake, Super Mario Brothers Wonderer, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and Baldur's Gate 3. And no surprise, Baldur's Gate 3 won this one. Everybody's talking about this game. I mean, like, I've not played it myself, so I don't actually know what it's about or anything like that. But all I know is that basically it's been creating a lot of buzz. That's all I know. Well, from what I understand, Baldur's Gate is based off of like this long series of fantasy games that sort of derive from like uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So I guess, yeah, I, I take it that because uh, we've had a lot of recent you know fantasy games over the years that um seem to like push the edge with open world and character building and side quests and all that kind of stuff and i mean let's be honest skyrim has been like that for a long time and people already kind of like dozing off of that a little bit and then there was like breath of the wild tears of the kingdom elden ring and now finally we have Baldur's gate 3 and i heard that the original beta of Baldur's gate 3 was not very promising and so they had to restart from the ground up and look where it's gotten them yeah and uh, so well great that they've uh, done this and uh, now is uh, making a lot of people happy and there's the point where you know people are now like creating like you know fan art and you know doing fan fictions and like you know creating like uh, characters like you know doing the normal stuff yeah pretty much you know, exactly yeah so but uh, yeah so congratulations to them all right next one is the best game direction we have Baldur's Gate 3 Marvel Spider-Man 2 Super Mario Brothers Wonder The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Alan Wake 2 wait I just said those already anyway um yeah the winner for this one is Alan Wake 2. Oh, wow. So, I mean, well, I think Alan Wake was highly anticipated after the first game, wasn't Absolutely, it? So, yeah. It's been over a decade since the first game. Yeah, and let's be honest, I mean, like, Super Mario Super Mario Wonder, I mean, as fun as it is, I mean, like, uh, I mean, let's face it, like, it's, it's a Mario game, and uh, it's the same 2D. I mean, you sort of, despite the fact that you have, like, you know, other aspects being added into it, and more crazy elements kind of into it, I mean, like, uh, I mean, if I had to be brutally honest with everybody, it just kind of feels like a Super Mario with an acid trip, effectively. <laughs> it is, it is. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's Super Mario on LSD. You know, I mean, like, we, to be fair, we just started playing like the first few levels together, and we've been having a really good time. We we've been playing around with the 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 flower abilities. We've been playing around with all the new power ups. So yeah, it's been a really fun time. And at the same time, you're right, it is like the traditional 2D Mario games, but with an acid trip twist. But you know what? I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it too. I mean, like uh, don't get me wrong, like you know, there's an Yoshi, Yoshi's Island kind of feel to it when uh, when I'm playing it. And so I mean, and let's be honest. You and I have been fans of the Mario games for like forever. Pretty yeah, much. pretty so, much. So like you know, whatever Mario game is going to end up in front of us, and no matter what they do with it, I think we're going to enjoy it regardless. So right. our biases are kind of like you know, uh, you know, we're definitely there when we talk about Mario. Yeah, and as for Tears of the Kingdom, now again, I have not played this, but yeah, in terms of like game of the year and game direction, what do you think? I mean, like, uh, I mean, here's the thing about this: I think Tears of the Kingdom is more like Breath of the Wild with vast improvements, I think, and so uh, and also a bit more, uh, you know, customability with like the weapon and like everything like that so I mean like it, unfortunately while it may be innovative in that I mean like in taking Zelda into a wholly new direction I mean like if you play Breath of the Wild you're gonna find yourself very much at home in Tears of the Kingdom it's not really like that much of a you know a new direction really Right, right. And Alan Wake 2, again, it's been over a decade since we were able to have a new installment of this. And well, I'm talking about from what I've heard, apparently, like, uh, you know, this uh, version of Alan Wake if it is um, actually, you know, uh, is actually a, a, a new direction compared to where the original one was, from what I understand. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, like, I mean, there you go. It's one it. All right. Next one is Best Adaptation. We have Castlevania Nocturne, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, The Super Mario Brothers Movie, and Twisted Metal. The Last of Us crushed it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised because The Last of Us, quite frankly, is a is a phenomenon at this point. Yeah. So uh, it's, I, it's, it's kind of yeah. funny how 10 years ago, it pretty much was a phenomenon in terms of video games where they basically said, you know what? Video game narratives need to be taken a lot more seriously. And now that we have an adaptation based off of this, it's like people had you know realized oh wow this game had a great story and the TV series was able to make it even better. Exactly, and so you know, it's, um, it's uh, I mean, The Last of Us, I think, is uh, also, there's been a lot of copycat also Last of Us games as well, like, uh, that's been around uh, as per point, so like, you know, when you've got 
other games element, ele- you know, emulating The Last of Us. I think you know you got something on your hands. Yeah, but you know what? I'm really glad to see that adaptations are getting nominated. Whereas in like 20 or 30 years ago, they would be like, "What? We're gonna have an uh, a nomination for best video game adaptation? What are you crazy?" Yeah, like, uh, well, I mean, here we are now in 2023, and this is happening. Yeah, so. I mean, imagine in the 90s where you know nominated for best adaptation, we would have like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show slash Legend of Zelda and Donkey Kong country and pac-man and freaking <laughs> sonic the hedgehog i mean like they weren't celebrated back then and probably for good reason yeah all right best narrative so we have Baldur's gate 3 cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty marvel spider-man 2 and alan wake 2 alan wake 2 won this one yeah so uh, there are two up at the moment i believe uh, in the eu awards mm-hmm. so cool all right, best art direction. We have Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Alan Wake 2, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Alan Wake 2 wins it again. Yeah, I mean, like, again, very good artistic direction from uh, Alan Wake 2. And uh, so, yeah, I think they deserve it. All right, now we go for best score in music. We have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 won this one. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Final Fantasy, I think, stood the test of time, in my opinion. I mean, let me get, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have, you know, Final Fantasy has gone in, you know, very weird directions and probably even very wrong directions if you go, like, towards the movies and, like, you know, other things like that. But, uh, I mean, like, let's face it, like, uh, you know, it's got such a grip, I think, uh, within the gaming community. I think, uh, you know, it is going to take away an award, regardless of whatever it might be. Yeah, sure. I really do appreciate the music of Final Fantasy, even though I don't really play a lot of the video games. I mean, I think that Nobuo Omatsu is a genius when it comes to the music and yeah even though that he hasn't technically done a final fantasy soundtrack in almost 20 years at least they were able to still keep the essence of what made final fantasy great with its music it's great that they came back to him because then he got a chance to rediscover like you know what made final fantasy music great to begin with right all right next one is audio design alan wake 2 dead space Mar- uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush won this one. Um, I mean, yeah, that was quite a surprising one, actually, because like uh, a lot of the games that you mentioned there, like, uh, you know, they're very good in audio quality. Well, I, I, this had to be really good with audio quality, too, because Hi-Fi Rush is essentially like a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. And you know how it is when it comes to, like, the design of, like, the skateboarding and the running around in town and spray painting and interacting with everybody and the music and the way that everything is able to come alive so it makes a lot of sense when you think about it yeah okay well i'll I'll give you that then all right then best performance so we have ben Starr for final fantasy 16 cameron monaghan for star wars jedi survivor idris elba for cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty melanie liburd for alan wake 2 neil uh, neil newbon for Baldur's gate 3 and yuri lowenthal for marvel spider-man 2 uh neil newbon for Baldur's gate 3 won this one yeah okay great performance and uh, so, and again, my Baldur's Gate three. I think it just shows you how immersed the uh, the world is when even the voice acting is done right. All right, next one is innovation in accessibility. We have Diablo four, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider Man two, Mortal Kombat one, and Street Fighter six. Uh, Forza won this one. Wow, I mean, like uh, it's been a while since I played a Forza game. To be honest yeah. with you, I, I even got one free. I got one Forza game free with my Xbox One, and I've got to be honest, I've never played it. Yeah, I think I've heard some discussions that Xbox wanted to really have uh, more accessibility for their um, physical disabled uh, players, like people who are like bound in wheelchairs or people who um, cannot have uh, further mobility with their bodies, so they're able to have customizable control so that they can be able to play their games easier so i've been hearing a lot about that and i think that forza might be the ones that is able to get people to easily access the game yeah well i think accessibility is going to be i mean the next uh, you know part of basically i think it's going to be in the company's best interest to make games as accessible as possible look what happened with the nintendo wii yes. when you know like because i mean that, that definitely like you brought in a bunch of new gamers onto the nintendo platform and now look at where they were with the switch i mean like you know it's um, it's paid off yes basically to make you know games more accessible and uh, you know when they, when, you, when we all laughed when you know where i was basically just put up, up this remote control and we thought oh, wait a second like you know uh, but then we are uh, I should have I should have realized that because remember when they brought out like you know the three-handed controller like you know like uh, the for the Nintendo 64 like you need three hands to play it. <laughs> 
And he's like, you know, it's uh, so. Um, I think in regards to accessibility, I mean, like, I'm looking forward to like seeing what they bring to the table. I mean, you see what PlayStation have brought in, like, you know, with their with their like, you know, kind of like, it looks like an alien spacecraft when you look at it. But then yeah. you realize how accessible people are to actually play these games now. Yeah, and, and Microsoft you know. has been doing a really good job with that too. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing more accessibility for every player. I think Nintendo, I think, needs to uh, needs to well, needs to rediscover that because I think you know when you when you're playing with like with the Joy-Con controllers, like you know, it's a, it's all right, like if you got like smallish hands or like you know if you've got like you know all your fingers that can like grip along with the Joy-Con. But I mean, if you don't have that, you're going to be having a bit of a problem. Yeah, as full grown adults, we have huge hands. So yeah, we all have pro controllers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, everyone who's probably listening to the show probably has a pro controller with an Nintendo Switch. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the only way that we can be able to play it because we don't have baby hands. Especially after the uh, the uh, the whole like you know drifting good you know uh, joysticks you know issues that they had with Super with uh, Mario Kart. Uh, eight deluxe. Yep. You know, after very, you know, intensely doing that, I'm pretty sure one of mine's currently doing that. Because he's doing Joy-Con drift at the moment. Mm. All right, next one we have games for impact, a space for the unbound, chance of Sonar, goodbye volcano, Chia, Terra Nil, and Venba. So Chia won this one. I got to be honest with you. That's uh, I mean I've never played any of those games. I think these are indie you. games. Yeah, they're indie games. But uh, I mean I feel a bit bad really because like uh, if anything, um, you know my indie game that I'm currently playing right now is probably OpenTZD, uh, which obviously is based off you know an older game, Transport Tycoon, and uh, so uh, I mean in regards to that, I don't really think that really counts as an indie game. But uh, I mean a lot of like the uh, the open source projects that I'm seeing right now, like you know trying to bring like some of the retro games back. Like uh, I just think uh, there's a lot of uh, you know. There's a lot of people out there have nostalgia for this type of stuff, and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I've kind of fallen more into kind of like that category really rather than kind of like the indie games. Yeah, so. I have played a few indie games, as you guys know, that I really love V V V V V V, and I also love uh, other games too, like um, you know, Hollow Knight is a great game. I got that as a gift from my friend Jim. Um, I've also played Guacamelee. I've played, uh, yeah, various um, indie games over the years. So I yeah. see Minecraft started off as an indie game. You know, it did. Sort of, a game like you know, Microsoft took it over and you know turn into the phenomenon that it is that's right and yeah. now he's gonna get a movie coming out next year <laughs> or yeah. is it 2025 minecraft the movie coming out um uh, it might be that yeah, but yeah so why within the next two years yeah exactly but yeah that just goes to show you how far the indie scene has gone over the past 10 years mm-hmm. all right next one is best ongoing game apex legends final fantasy 16 um we have oh uh, no final fantasy 14 i'm sorry that's the online game uh fortnite genshin impact and cyberpunk 2077 cyberpunk 2077 won this one could you imagine that you remember the reception that cyberpunk 20 uh, 2077 got oh my goodness oh my goodness it was so bad exactly yeah and then they had to like put in like tons and tons of updates in order to basically did to rectify all the complaints from the game i mean the great thing that they did is that they listened to feedback and now it's reaping the rewards yes so uh, like uh, it's literally reaping rewards I mean, like, uh, there <laughs> It is. Yeah, so, if, you're, yeah. if you're able to get Idris Elba in one of your DLCs, then you got something great. Yeah, it makes you wonder, what do Nukem Forever actually stood a chance? If like if they decided, oh hey, okay, we're gonna listen to everybody, we're gonna fix up the game, and uh, we're gonna make make it not suck, you know, like uh, could that potentially have been an option for Duke Nukem Forever if they decided to do it? No, um, no, I'm not sure. Also, no, not really, because first of all, I mean that was the reason why the game was delayed in the first place was because every time that the producer of Duke Nukem saw all the new innovative features that first person shooters were giving at the time, oh, goodness, if, 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 if you know if, if we had to talk about production hell, you know, Duke Nukem forever was satan like uh, like it was so bad you know how long it was like dragged and then the the, the studio closed down and they continue i like, do it like you know within their bedrooms so i built this one and then gearbox software came in to kind of like sort of save the day i guess you could say and then they brought it out and uh, so i mean like uh, is it really like you know if you, there are gonna be is there an opportunity now in 2023 if bad games do come out like you know there is a possibility to listen to feedback and say okay we're gonna fix this up you know what i mean i've been seeing a lot of the modding community do that for sonic 06 in which they're able to fix it up and actually make it playable. I mean, I, let's be honest, Sega's had to rely on his fans for a long time to, like, you know, uh, Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, so, uh, Sonic Mania. <laughs> if I mean, l- listen, more. I mean, we're talking about the game that pretty much just crashed and sputtered around because they were in crunch time. And then, of course, let's not forget about all the bugs that were featured in all the Fallout games and then mods had to come in and fix everything. Oh, yeah, and then there was Sonic Boom as well, if you remember. Jeez. Uh, all the bugs in there, too. Yeah. I, I just laughed at Game Grumps, like, you know, when the guy who 
like did, did the backstage editing. Like they did actually videos, like say how bad some of all this was, and he even it was so bad that even he thought he was making mistakes and like editing the videos when uh, he was doing it. It's like oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> you seen that Game Grumps episode? Sonic uh, Pink, no, Sonic Boom. No, I have not. Oh, you not. should watch it. It's a, it, it's an interesting watch. After we'll say. need to watch it together then. Yeah. All right, but yeah. In the meanwhile, I just want to say that. Yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, you've come a long way, so good for you. Cool. All right, best community support, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 won this one. Cool, okay. I mean, like, it's a, it's a company listening to their fans. I mean, this is the thing. I think everybody, I think, you know, out of all the awards, I mean, forget Game of the Year, forget that. I think the best award, I think, to get out of that is probably community feedback. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, like, you know, hey, we're listening to our fans and we've got the statue to prove it. You know, like, it's just, it's. Uh, I think that's a really good chip on the shoulder to have, I think, oh, yeah, for any game company. Because it could be, like, in any other company, it's like, okay, we put out the game and, you know, there you go. If there's any problems with it well sorry it's your fault or if you want to go with the whole todd howard thing in which every time there's just a whole bunch of bugs and glitches he just says it just works yeah well it's just there's the thing it's just uh, i just think i hate game companies that say oh well you know we know what's best for you so therefore like you know we're going to give you this to you and uh, oh you don't like it okay you know uh, we'll just move on to the next project it's or like, yeah. or even worse or a worse thing it's like you guys are ungrateful of all the hard work that we put into it yeah exactly that, like that's just disgusting. The, the attitudes of some people i think in the gaming industry I think severely needs to change because they, they don't re- realize how badly that they'll need to basically rely on these people in the future basically to keep their projects going. Yep. All right. So next one we have best indie game. So we have Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. So Sea of Stars won this one. Oh, that's a shame. I like the idea of Dave the Diver. Yeah, oh, okay. the, uh, it's a guy who's just diving, catching a whole bunch of fish and making sushi out of it. Exactly, yeah. And also, he's got to run a restaurant, too. It's like, sell the fish. That's exactly. actually a really cool yeah, idea. Yeah, I really love that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm so sad that I didn't win. Well, I mean, I've heard Cocoon uh, had some really great uh, reviews from a lot of people. So, I mean, hey, you know, that just goes to show you there's a lot of great indie games out there. Okay, cool. All right, uh, next one is um, uh, Best Mobile Game. We have... Uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Honkai Star Rail, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil, uh, Honkai Star Rail one. Yeah. Do you remember the time when, uh, what was it? Was it Diablo? I think it was that. Oh, uh, yeah, the, you yeah. guys don't have phones. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, And now all the gaming companies are realizing everyone has phones and now they're getting in. Even Nintendo has apps you know, that for like you know uh, Mario Kart and uh, various other games yeah, as well. Yeah, there was Super and, Mario uh, Brother one. Yeah, you can play Sonic the Hedgehog now on your, on your uh, I, think it's an I-, I think it's an iPhone app now. Sonic yes, the it is. Yeah, they're the first four Sonic the Hedgehog games you can play on your iPhone and it was developed by Christian Whitehead. Exactly, yeah. So I think people, you know, people laugh now it's uh, you know it's, uh, the developers of Diablo, but so, I mean I don't think everyone's really laughing now because everyone's realizing oh wow these phones are now powerful enough basically to run some of our favorite games. You know like uh, also on top of that as well you can get DOSBox now for Android and you can actually play all your old DOS games on your on your Android phone now. Right. So like you know it's like it, it, here it is you know like uh, your phone is about powerful enough to basically run you know some of your favorite. You can even play Doom on your phone. Yep. As well. So there you go. Yeah, you could play Doom on your phone. You could play Doom on your microwave. You could play Doom on your refrigerator. Yeah, it, it, we already mentioned that in part one that you can play anything. Uh, you can I play think, Doom on I anything. Think, I think the test of any device of how powerful it is is like, look, can it play Doom? And if the <laughs> answer is yes, it's a good device. Yeah, unlike the te- television Amigo. <laughs> yeah, that can't play Doom. Yeah. <laughs> all the Tiger, all the all the Tiger games, they can't play Doom either. Okay. Moving on. Okay, best VR game. We have Gran Turismo 7, Humanity, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Resident Evil Village VR mode, and Synapse. Uh, Resident Evil Village won this one. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Resident Evil Village, I think, is... Um, I'm quite surprised because I thought, you know, as time went on, I thought, you know, because, as you know, when, when a game gets released quite late, you know, before the Game Awards, usually, like, mine still kind of wonder, like, you know, what's happening just kind of before it. Yes. But uh, I'm really glad Resident Evil Village has got a nod because, uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh, from what I understand from people, it has been a really successful Resident Evil game. And, uh, you know, and, uh, I would be very disappointed, I think, if it didn't take away anything. Yeah. So, All yeah. right, next one is Best Action Game. We we have Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, and Remnant 2. So Armored Core 6 won this one. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't want to play any of those games, so you have to forgive me on that one. But so, no I mean, problem. Cool. I mean, if you're into if, yeah, if you're into Mecca, then that's your game. All right. So next one is best action adventure game: Alan Wake Two, Tears of the Kingdom, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the Resident Evil Four remake, and Marvel Spider Man Two. And Tears of the Kingdom won this one. You know what? Everyone. It's funny because like everyone was like bragging that you know all their games were going to win and like Tears of the Kingdom were going to get nothing and uh, you know like and they didn't deserve anything. And here you go. That's Tears of the Kingdom won <laughs> best action adventure game. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's just, uh, oh my goodness, that was hilarious just watching all that Twitter drama go on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, here, but putting all that aside, Tears of the Kingdom, I think, deserves to win on its own merits. Like, you know, it's a fantastic, you know, uh, game. I've been playing it right now. I'm up to destroying Ganon, but I, I, I'm i so addicted to it that I want to complete all the mini quests before I even get to Ganon or anything. I'm pretty much waiting for Nintendo to announce the next Zelda game before I even go, in, go in anywhere near Ganon, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, that's exactly... And by the time I do, I'll probably like, beat him in one shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you did when uh, Tears of the Kingdom was first announced as Breath of the Wild 2 and you were like okay now I have to really complete everything to begin and, and then when Tears of the Kingdom came out you finally did yeah exactly and uh, before I say it was probably like a couple of months before it came out I was like oh good grief I've not beaten Ganon yet I, okay go in beat him done yeah alright so uh, next one best RPG uh, Baldur's Gate 3 Final Fantasy 16 Lies of P Sea of Stars and Starfield Baldur's Gate 3 won this one yeah, I think, uh, well, I didn't, looking at all the competition in that category, I think Baldur's Gate 3 was going to take it anyway. I mean, it, it beat a Final Fantasy game. Um, well, it's Baldur's Gate 3, babe. I guess that's true, yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake are just clearing up the competition. All right, next one is Best Fighting Game. God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Street Fighter 6, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket B Bravery. Uh, Street Fighter 6 won this one. Well, you mean Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl wasn't going to win this one? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. How how annoyed must um, be the developers over at Mortal Kombat One must be for you know Never One Games to yeah, not win that one. Exactly. They put so much effort into this game. Like you know, you look at the graphics. You look at like having to like redo the entire timeline and like redo like all the story and everything. And also on top of that, like you're adding in like you know um, Peacemaker and Omni Man and you know and the various other characters that can be in. Quan Chi also makes a reappearance as well. And uh, everything in that regard, it must be so disappointing for them to, you know, finally get, like, just do some of the coolest things in a Mortal Kombat game, and then they lose to Street Fighter. I mean, it's been a ma massive debacle, hasn't it? It's either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, and Street Fighter is always on top. Well, I mean, like, it's Street Fighter. I mean, like, it's a fantastic... I mean, you know, there's a reason why Street Fighter 2 Turbo lasted so long as, you know, as the engine, because, you know, until it was perfected eventually by other Street Fighter games, but, uh, you know, they seem to, you know, Capcom seem to know how to do a really good fighting game, and uh, to the point where it's not, you know, this engine has also been replicated, like, onto other... Do you remember, like, uh, in the arcades, where, like, you know, they'd be, like, themed, like, you know, say they'd be, like, uh, TMNT comes to mind for some strange reason, I don't, but I don't think they had, like, a you know an arcade fighting game, kind of like Street Fighter, but I remember, like, other games, like, you know, were that Capcom developed that were, like, um, you know, um, either some type of, like, you know, character, and uh, but then when you played it, you realize it's just a clone of Street Fighter. Right. So, like, uh, I mean, uh, that's how much the beloved the engine actually was. Yeah, I guess so, that's true. Yeah. Someone did, like, a joke. Was that, was that, you know, AVN joke about, your know, uh, Full House Tournament Fighter, I think, uh, was actually a real game? No, no, no it, it, was a, it was not a real game. It was something that a friend of his had created for him, and he just decided to use it as, like, an inside joke oh okay then yeah i mean uh, also i think mugen's also kind of based on the on the turbo engine if i'm if i'm correct yes I, right I yeah 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 so. i mean i mean technically full house tournament fighter is a game that you can download but yeah it's not like a real game that actually came out for the nes yeah oh no i, I just think it came out of the nes it was like you know just a, like a, you know an online game yeah i think it was like an online game that a friend of his just did and he just decided to make it as a joke okay then okay next one all right um best family game disney illusion island Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder won this one. Okay, cool. I mean, like, uh, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, like, obviously we talk, we joke about it being like an acid trip, but so, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's still a pretty solid Mario game. I think the only dead, the disappointing thing I think I would say is that Charles uh, Martinet is not uh, uh, vo voicing uh, Mario in this one. No, he, he's, he's the, he's the a, Mario ambassador. He's now the ambassador, quote unquote, uh, a role that even he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I I'm curious about all of this to be quite honest, but yeah, I mean to be fair, Kevin Afghani, who is the current voice of Mario now, he does a pretty good job of capturing the Charles Martinet whimsiness of the character. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, I'm really happy that Super Mario Brothers Wonder had won this one because, I mean, to be fair, I have not played any of the other games. I mean, Sonic Superstars is essentially just taking the first four Sonic games and then just giving them a fresh coat of paint and adding in some new elements to it. So I kind of have played it in a way when I, I mean, I still own the Sega Genesis collection on my Steam account. So I have played, you know, the three uh, Sonic games and I have Sonic CD as well as a as a uh, standalone package but yeah i mean i do love sonic don't get me wrong but yeah i mean at least super mario brothers wonder is a new game it's not just a remaster of classic games put into one and as for the other games i've never even played them okay all right so next one we have the best sim slash strategy game uh advanced wars one and two reboot camp pikmin 4 city skylines 2 companies of hero 3 and fire emblem engage pikmin 4 won this one yeah i mean like uh pikmin 4 has been like you know, massively anticipated you oh know, yeah, yeah it's been over a decade since the last pikmin game yeah i mean like but mind you like advanced wars hasn't been around for a while so it's like, really uh, a shame that a game that a lot of people have been wanting to see for years ever since the original gba release and then finally when they announced that it was going to be coming out then it was delayed because of the Ukraine war. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, but then finally it's, it's got out, and uh, but uh, unfortunately it came out at the same time as Pikmin 4. Yep. And uh, Pikmin 4, unfortunately, is going to be overshadowed quite a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I, from what I've heard, they made a lot of improvements to this one. They made a lot of tweaks to make it more accessible to new players, and they're able to expand the world a lot more. They brought in new Pikmin. They brought in new characters. So, yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense why a game you that... You can go out at night now. Like, you couldn't do that in the other games. No, you couldn't because you were going to be attacked and killed off but now you have like this little companion that you can be able to take along with you to keep you safe at night so yeah i mean there was a lot of and now there's night pikmin as well that you can also rely on yeah night pikmin yeah so again it you know it took it took over 10 years for the game to come out but it was worth it at the end all right so going over to our next category racing games uh ea sports fc 24 F-123, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbo Change, Forza Motorsport, and the Crew Motor Fest. Uh, Forza Motorsport won this one. Was there any ever doubt, any doubt with that? Like, it's not exactly Hot Wheels is going to lead the way, is it? <laughs> yeah, Despite exactly. what they say. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I like Gran Turismo and Need for Speed as well, but yeah, I mean, Forza is also a great uh, racing game series as well. All right, best multiplayer presented by Discord. Uh, we got Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Diablo 4, Baldur's Gate 3, Party Animals, and Street Fighter 6. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 won this one. Without any doubt. All right, now the player voice, which is actually the people who are actually voting. Okay, so Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Genshin Impact, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Marvel Spider-Man 2, and Baldur's Gate 3. What do you, Baldur's Gate 3 won this one. Yeah, of course. Okay, most anticipated game. We have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades 2, Star Wars Outlaws, Tekken 8, and Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth won this one. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everyone loves, loves number seven. Uh, yeah, exactly. Series. Yeah, and people loved Final Fantasy VII Remake, and they cannot wait for Rebirth to come out so they can be able to continue with the Same story. about Tekken 8, though, because, like, uh, it's been a while since we had a Tekken game, wasn't it? Has it has been almost a decade. It has yeah. been a long time since we had a Tekken game that we are able to continue on with the story. So it yeah, it was really exciting when Tekken was first announced as well. Are like, you, you know, kidding me? It was yeah, trending on the social media platforms for ages. Yes, everyone couldn't believe it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm really sad that Tekken didn't really get a lot of attention. But then again, I mean, Final Fantasy VII. Come on, it's Final Fantasy VII. I guess you know, Final Fantasy is still going to be a name in the gaming that's going to be going over decades and decades and decades. Yep. And now for our favorite category, esports. Yeah. Okay. Best esports game Counter Strike 2, Dota 2, Valorant, PUBG Mobile, League of Legends. Valorant won this one. I've never played that game. Me neither. Next, best esports athlete. Uh, We have Matthew Z. Z Uh, okay, can we skip this one? We won't know any of these people. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Who's sorry. Who's the winner? Okay, I just um, Lee uh, Sang Hyog won this one. Okay, so you get a beer. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Or a cookie. What do you want? You don't drink. You have a you have a beer. Or you have a cookie. Okay, best esports team. Again, I don't really care. Uh, JD Gaming from League of Legends won this one. Okay, and, then, uh, and then yeah, f- and you all get cookies. 
<laughs> and then content creator of the year. Um, people make games Quack Kitty, Spreen, Cyber PK, Iron Mouse. Iron Mouse won this one, so congratulations. Oh, congratulations to Iron Mouse. Like, All right. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's. Uh, I mean, who's the who's the uh, who's the other mouse that I know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, that is it. Those are all the winners for the Game Awards. And yeah, there were some other stuff that was announced too, like um, Jordan. Uh, let's see. What was it going to be? Like, well, actually, I think you can move on to like our next um, segment, I think, if you if you look there. So, cause oh, yes, a, that's right. I was yeah. going to mention about one of the things. But, yeah, let's, let's go into this one. Oh, my goodness. So, Sega is rebooting franchises, and this includes Crazy Taxi and Streets of Rage as gaming co also uh, look at Hollywood expansion at the same time. Oh man, like when I first saw this announcement, I was so excited. We're going to get a new Golden Axe game? We're going to get a new crazy taxi game. Yeah. Wow. Like here's the thing. As you guys know, if you listen to the Sega Memories podcast with myself, Aaron, and my friend Tom, that I grew up with the Sega Genesis in conjunction with the Super Nintendo. My cousin had a Sega Genesis that she gave to me as a hand-me-down and and I played a lot of those games. And so uh, the Sega library has a very special place in my heart. And I remember these games fondly. I love Streets of Rage. I love Golden Axe. I love Crazy Taxi, Sonic the Hedgehog. All those games are incredible. So when I heard that there's going to be new versions of them rebooted for this generation, I got hyped. Yeah, I think we all got hyped because well, well we're going to get a new we're going to get new Crazy Taxi, new Streets of Rage, new Golden Axe, new Jet Set Radio and even a new Shinobi. Yes. I loved Shinobi back in the day. Oh, that was so cool. Yes. And uh, seeing some like, you know, the, uh, the 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 early, you know, uh, demonstrations that they got for these games, you know, like, uh, you know, Crazy Taxi looks so good, doesn't it? And Golden Axe looks amazing. Golden Axe looks like it could be a movie. I mean, like, uh, yeah. And Crazy Taxi looks great. Yeah. So, um, so these are the IPs that uh, Sega are looking to redevelop. But uh, there's also another thing that Variety was also hinting on as well. So I'll just read from here. So as two of the reboot titles already have film adaptations in development, Sega eyes Hollywood ambitions beyond its successful Sonic uh, movie franchise. Uh, a Shinobi movie adaptation from uh, Ma Mark Platt and Stories International was announced back in 2016. And Lionsgate also landed the rights to the Streets of Rage film uh, oh. last year. I uh, also recruiting uh, also the uh, Derek Kolstad, who wrote John Wick, is going to be writing the Streets of Rage movie. That's perfect! You have no idea how amazing this is. Mm. The Streets of Rage video games was about a corrupt guy who was controlling this seedy city and you have these rebellious cops who are trying to fight him off. That's genius! Mm. I want to see this movie! I mean, like, we never really had, like, you know, um, character expansion. I mean, it really depends how much they're going to expand the story. I mean, like, uh, are they going to basically do the first movie, which is about, like, just defeating, like, you know, the, the big mafia boss, or is is it going to be they're going to incorporate maybe all the three games into one? And it's like you know, it's uh, it's about like you know the three cops, and then Adam gets kidnapped, and then they have to go rescue him, and uh, then you know his son and you know various other people then get involved as well later on in the movie. Or are they just basically going to say let's do the first game and let's see how that does, and if it does really well, let's do the second game and then the third game and so forth. Yeah, and so I, forth. I think that that's what probably they'll do because they've done that with Sonic the Hedgehog. They introduced Sonic first. Well, I mean, sorry to butt in, but uh, Sonic the Hedgehog they haven't really been following like you know the Sonic. Law of games, okay, like you know, because no, uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog did not appear in the third movie, but okay. we're now we're going to get Shadow of the Hedgehog in the third movie. Okay, fair enough, but I'm just saying, like in terms of like introducing the characters. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, what about Streets of Rage Four? Are they going to include that into the story too? Um, I mean, like um, it wasn't the most successful, like you know, Streets of Rage game. So like it's like you know the other three. Well, so. it just came out two years ago. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I mean, will they include that? Or maybe they might even go on that story. I don't know, but uh, they usually like these, uh, you know, uh, these these movie company will say well what's the latest game okay well let's just do that because everybody will know what the story is yeah um, and here's the thing you have to have played the other streets of rage games to get into four and yeah yeah i think that they'll definitely do the sega genesis games right before they go over to the newer one so yeah i think that um a streets of rage movie is a great idea a shinobi movie is a great idea, 
Yeah, I, I would like a Golden Axe movie. I think a Golden Axe movie would be grand. Yes, I mean, you have this evil guy who is essentially taking over all of these lands and villages, and then you have three, you know, uh, warriors who are trying to fight off against all the evil. I mean, sure, that's a classic fantasy story. I mean, we had a Dungeons and Dragons movie that was successful, so why not? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, interesting, like, uh, if Street of Rage does well and Golden Axe do well, do you cross them over in a movie? Ooh. Like, you know, uh, do you know, yeah, you know, you do the typical like you know, dimension door opens up and like you know, they all have to like you know, fight their own battles and stuff. Oh, like sure, that. sure, sure. I mean, interesting, interesting question though is that you know, who would play our, um, who would basically play like you know, the heroes in Golden Axe? Like, who would play Death Adder and uh, who would play because you know, you would have some ideas of, like who would basically be in those roles, you know, back in the day. Like, I always thought like you know, I always blank on his name. You know, the guy who played Ivan Drago, in, uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I mean, like back in the day, like uh, if they if they has cast him as Death Adder, you know. And uh, played him like you know. I think he'd be great for the role. Oh sure. I thought like you know he's just a big muscly guy with like a big axe. <laughs> effectively, like you know he doesn't need to say much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just needs to like be evil. Yeah, it's like you know he can say his classic like I will break you if he, if he wants to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think um, you know what, who the modern equivalents of that will be now in, mm. in this regard. I mean, like uh, let's be honest. I mean, like you know uh, Dwayne Johnson at the minute, like you know his Death Adder, like you know uh, I don't know, I can't see it. I mean, like, it, uh, yeah, I mean, if I you look at big muscle guys, Batista now. Starting to kind of like you know, um, he, I mean, I don't know if he still wants to play like the big, massive, like you know, roles. You yeah, know, I, like, I think uh, he's with, like torn. I think he's leaning towards doing other roles that isn't that because if you already played as Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, movie, so I think he wants to be able to vary things up a little. Well, bit. Well, it's not just that. Like you know, he's starting to get on in age, and like you know, can he still play like you know, the big, muscly dude? Oh, like, sure. You know, eventually, all this stuff takes a toll on your body, and eventually, you need to slim down. Of course. You know, I mean, Hulk Hogan eventually has to slim down eventually because he couldn't be like you know, three hundred something pounds, like you know, have like you know, massive biceps his entire life. I mean, you can't do that at a certain age, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, I mean, who knows? Maybe John Cena can be able to play as one of the Warriors. Even he's slimmed down, if you noticed. Well, n- not as Death Adder, but as like one of the Warriors. Uh, maybe. I mean, like... Uh, I mean, maybe, you maybe, know, the, the, what was that, what's his name? Axe Battler, yeah. Him. I, I could see him as like, uh, I could see him as like one of the Streets of Rage characters, actually. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, who's the other guy from Adam? I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, uh, Axel. Axel, yeah. I could see him as Axel. Yeah, he'll... Potentially. He'll, but yeah. mind you, the problem is, I think they'd have to be teenage, so... Like, if you're not like teenage, like they have to be they, young adults. They have to be young adults, effectively. Like you know, they have to be like those young. Yeah, I kids. think that uh, Blaze. I think she was the youngest one. I think she was like what nineteen in the Streets of Rage video games. Yeah, so I think you'd have to bring in somebody who is roughly around that age, but also like you know would say could carry that movie. Like, yeah, mind you, she you wouldn't have to. I mean, it's kind of difficult. It's, it wouldn't be as difficult in in that role because obviously there's three protagonists in this whole thing. So it's like you know they're all bouncing off one another. Not one's being relied to like you know carry the whole movie are they no so you know you could probably get someone who's 19 years old who probably has a couple of flaws in there but obviously they can mask that over with like you know the other guys you know uh you know um you know interacting with yes, like in you know, other yeah. places so i mean there are ways that they could get around that oh sure sure yeah so yeah overall i'm really excited about uh, sega's announcement because it used to be a massive complaint from players saying man all sega cares about is sonic games because they haven't seen any uh, new installment of any of these but great games. But whose fault is that? I mean, like, uh, the reason why everyone gravitates towards Sonic because basically they, well, in Japan, obviously, like, you know, he's a very cute character, but then in America, they gave him an attitude. And yes. uh, then, obviously, there was the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, then there was Sonic Satam, and then there was the Sonic comics, and uh, then there was, like, the whole, I mean, the reason why they keep giving us Sonic is because everybody loves Sonic and keeps buying Sonic stuff. It's and true. So, exactly, yeah. He is their, ma- he is Sega's mascot, whether yeah. people like it or not. It's the same, I mean, it's kind of like the same, leveling the same criticism to Nintendo. It's like, all you do is make Mario games. It's like, well, that's because he's the mascot of the company and uh, everybody, you know, loves Mario. It's true, yeah, because it used to be a case in which, like, we got all these Sonic games, but it's like, where's Golden Axe? Where's Jet Set Radio? Where's Shinobi? Where's Crazy Taxi? Give them some love and maybe they'll appear. Exactly, but no. I mean, the last time that we got a Golden Axe game was that 3D hack and slash that was awful and then um you know we had like uh, another shinobi game that was like really brutally difficult 
But yeah, I mean, like, other than that, these IPs were just left into the wayside. And then, uh, you know, uh, man, just, I feel so bad for, um, you know, for Shinobi, in which, like, it had, like, a really great promise, but the crushing difficulty just kind of, like, killed it off. And they were trying to essentially be, like, um, you know, like, a, a whole bunch of other ninja games that were trying to be, like, action-packed, but n none of the finesse that the other Shinobi games Let's be had. honest, Ninja Gaiden basically was the ninja game at that time. Yeah... Yeah, you're right. Even that was difficult. Oh, brutally hard. Even the PlayStation 3 games were difficult. But yeah, I digress. Anyway, but yeah, I'm so happy to see love in them. I, if we keep this up, I want to see Vector Man come back, Kid Chameleon. I want to see Landstalker come back. Like, the ooze. Like, all of these amazing cult games. Comic Zone 2! I want to see that happen. I want to see Sketch well, Turner come... Well, didn't we talk about a couple of months ago in Aaron and Patricia that, you know, they, they were, were going to do, like, a movie on Comic Zone? Yes, I know. Let's have a sequel to Comic Zone. That way we can get ready for the movie. Mm, okay. Well, uh, let's see what happens. Yes, I'm excited. Anyway, so the other announcement that was featured it was a uh, columns the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Eggman's Mean Machine. Oh, could you imagine? No, that's going to be the spin-off uh, after the Sonic movie. Like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, um, mind you, could you, could you imagine getting Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey back? Like, Jim Carrey walks in and he's like, okay, so uh, there's this thing called Dr. Robotics Mean Bean Machine, and uh, we want to do a spin-off movie, basically, spanning with, you with, like, beans. And he's like, you know, could you imagine, you just sell that to Jim Carrey in that, in that, in that place? <laughs> I don't think I, I think he was just laughing right out the door. Walk out the door. <laughs> yeah, he's like, bye now. I want to get back to painting. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay, yeah. but no, seriously. I mean, let's move on. So another bit of news that was featured in the Game Awards is that Hideo Kojima and Jordan Peele are going to team up together and do a new video game, which is really interesting because, um, as you guys know, several years ago, and this is a really sad thing that really hard, uh, you know, hurts the hearts of a lot of people, is that. Um, Hideo Kojima was going to be teaming up with Guillermo del Toro to make a new Silent Hill video game. And they released a demo of it called PT. And everybody loved it. And what we didn't know at the time was that it was essentially like a new take on Silent Hill that was a lot of people's um, major favorite uh, horror franchise that wasn't Resident Evil. And then, of course, Konami being Konami decided to cancel PT and then focus on working on pachinko machines to make them a lot of money. And so a lot of people were just really heartbroken that Hideo Kojima couldn't be able to complete the stuff. And don't even get me started on the dumpster fire that was Metal Gear Solid 5 that basically just upped him to leave afterwards. And so, yeah, after the release of um, his major company, uh, Kojima Productions, he started working on his series of video games. And then we even talked about... Um, that one video game that he worked on by himself, and uh, I don't know. I mean, like, um, Death Stranding, I, I thought it was an interesting idea, but now that I've seen what the gameplay looked like, it just looks kind of, eh. Anyway, but yeah, now they made the announcement that uh, Kojima and Jordan Peele are going to be working on a, sh on a game called Odd. Yeah. Sounds oh. odd. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now we don't really know anything about odd other than it's just you know a bunch of faces coming in and just speaking a lot of weird stuff again sounds odd yeah i think that's the joke but yeah so that's basically all we know so far is that we have just a bunch of faces saying some really weird stuff and it's going to be done by Kojima and Jordan Peele. It's not exactly Abe's Odyssey, but it's odd. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, you don't. Okay. But yeah, I, I, and then of course there was even some other complaints from some gamers when they saw the Game Awards that Jeff Keighley didn't bring up the horrible treatment of the gaming worker. So, I don't know if you know this, but almost... 7,500 people lost their jobs in the gaming industry. That is more than has ever happened in any part of the gaming, you know, the, um, the gaming community. Well, that's just that's just the drop. That's just the drop in the ocean. Wait till they decide that AI is going to be the thing that's going to be designing everything now. I know, and that is so sad. I mean, uh, people have argued that 2023 is one of the greatest years of gaming ever. And at the same time, one of the worst years of gaming ever due to the fact that people have overworked themselves to the brink of exhaustion and then they get fired because AI makes things so much easier to pro program games. 
7,500 people have lost their jobs because of greed and the ease of being able to use computers to make things a lot easier. I'm just so heartbroken by this. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, this, is, this isn't just going to be affecting the gaming industry. I've always said that AI, I think, is going to be, you know, something that's basically going to affect, you know, like millions upon millions of people across the world. And, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, until, you know, um, people start realizing that, you know, this technology is a tool and not a replacement for humanity. I mean, like, uh, I think uh, that the attitudes really need to change you know, sooner rather than later in regards to this. Because I think the biggest fear is that they're going to get rid of people, then they're going to replace with AI, and then when the uh, products start coming out, people are going to realize, wait a second, this doesn't feel like, you know, uh, a very authentic, you know, thing that basically has any heart or any soul into it. It just sounds like a machine just spat this thing out. And uh, I think, well, unfortunately, when people realize that, I think it'll be far too late, I think. Yeah, and people were saying that Jeff Keighley should have brought this up during the Game Awards because he has brought up many controversial stuff in the past. He was able to bring up the fact that Hideo Kojima was not invited to the Game Awards when Metal Gear Solid 5 won. He was able to bring up the disgusting sexual um, accusations that major companies such as Ubisoft and Blizzard were able to do to their workers. But he did not bring up the fact that, you know, thousands of people were fired from their jobs. Yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't there at one point in the Game Awards where someone was trying to, like, dedicate, like, uh, a tribute to, um, so, like, one of, one of his co-workers who passed away and, like, uh, then there was, like, a thing on the screen saying to wrap it up. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, there was that. Like, you know, like, you know, a bit of taste would, would, would be nice. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, uh, here's the thing. As somebody who works in a lot of um, TV production, I understand that there is a time limit for a lot of things. I understand that there is a point in which other people need to be able to come up onto the stage to be able to do their performances or talk about something that means a lot to them. But there is such a thing as integrity that something that they should have said, oh yeah, you have three minutes to do it. And if somebody is really touched by something and they go on for maybe 15, 20 minutes, it's okay because they're given the opportunity to give one shot of expressing themselves. So, yeah, this whole wrapping up thing, because we have to keep to the schedule, I get it in terms of, like, trying to keep with, you know, what the cable providers or what the TV companies are saying. But in terms of, like, you know, a person's own integrity, there is a time in which we can stretch things out a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, for the for that. So, Game Awards, congratulations to the winners, and for Sega... Thank you so much for announcing this. I'm super, super excited. Awesome. Okay, um, I think it's time to move on. So, um, Fortnite's developers uh, really wanted a crossover with Nintendo, but uh, right now they've not had any luck trying to convince Nintendo to uh, basically add their characters into the game. I mean, are you surprised? Uh, no, not at all. And, uh, I mean, like, uh, is Fortnite even on Nintendo Switch? Um, that's a great question. Let me just double check. I mean, as far as um, I'm aware, it hasn't. Nope. No. It's not. It. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's Fortnite nice. is on the Nintendo Switch. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so, uh, it's on Xbox One, GE Force Now, PlayStation Four, Steam, Nintendo Switch. So yeah, w- seriously, Nintendo. Why? Yeah. Well, speaking of Axios in Los Angeles last week, the head of uh, Fortnite's ecosystems, uh, Sax Pearson, uh, admitted Epic had tried incredibly hard to woo a legendary game, game company behind Zelda, Mario, and Donkey Kong, but wasn't able to make any significant progress. Uh, when asked uh, how hard it hard Epic was tried to woo Nintendo. Told Axios, I don't know what uh, the word for uh, like uh, making diamonds is. Uh, Nintendo has their strategy, and we have our strategy. We hope to, uh, at some point. We hope that at some point to use their characters. Per person said because our players would love it. Yeah, um, I mean, I can think of a lot of uh, characters that could be introduced in Fortnite. I do mean, you know something? I could probably imagine Nintendo trying, you know, uh, trying to develop their own like version of Fortnite. Oh sure. C- can you imagine them trying to do it? I, I mean, if if essentially we have a case in which, like, oh, we can't include Nintendo characters in first-person shooters because they're too violent, okay, we'll just make our own first-person shooter well, with one thing, one thing the Pedagogy might do is that so they might just stick two fingers up before and say, okay, we're going to announce our uh, Nintendo characters are going to be in Splatoon. And uh, so then you can play as Mario, you know, Peach, and Donkey Kong in Splatoon, effectively. So uh, I, I can see them doing that. Sure. 
I mean, they have the opportunity to do so otherwise because, I mean, Fortnite is just basically like this, you know, open world shooting game. So, yeah, I mean, why not add them into Splatoon as like DLC? Yeah, exactly. So, I think, uh, uh, here's the thing. I mean, it's, uh, I'll be very surprised. I mean, here's, you know, never say never, I think, in regards to things like this. But, uh, I mean, I will be honest. I will be very surprised if uh, she, if uh, Miyamoto allowed any of his properties to basically enter into the Fortnite world. I'd mm. be very surprised. Yeah. Now, you got me wrong. Like, we've seen a lot. I mean, like, you know, Fortnite, quite frankly, is a free-for-all in regards to, like, you know, IPs or, you know, jumping into, for, you know, into Fortnite and you know, yeah. doing all these things. You mean, like, uh, what is it? I think, I think uh, uh, Naruto, I think, was recently announced into it as well. Yeah. I, think, I mean, that? to be fair, I mean... And Dragon Ball Z, I think, characters, I think, are all in there, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of characters in Fortnite. Yeah, oh, One Piece in there at the minute. Like, I uh, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, uh, there's. I think there's quite a few anime, you know, characters currently added into the game as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but uh, so um, I can probably see maybe Nintendo probably wants to keep a bit of its uh, integrity, maybe in regards to its products. And I can probably imagine, you know, um, Nintendo might be even looking at Fortnite and thinking, huh, you know, uh, maybe we might want to. Maybe one thing they might say is that okay, we will allow our characters into Fortnite. However, they need only be, be available on Nintendo. Consoles and not available like anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen in like a lot of the collaborations that Fortnite has done, and wow, they've done a lot. They've included a lot of the characters from the MCU in here, uh, which is, of course, not too surprising. A lot of characters from DC are in here too. Again, not too surprising. Street Fighter characters are in here. Tron characters are in here. Marshmallow is in here. Uh, GI Joe characters are in here. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, even as recently with... Okay, now, I know these are not characters or skins, but still, I counted. Like, even as recent as just a few months ago, we've had Michael Myers, Alan Wake, and Jack Skellington. Yeah, I mean, like, well, Mike Myers probably imagine would uh, happily, you know, be, 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 like, put his likeness to that game, I guess. So, yeah, uh, I mean, well, I'm talking about Michael Myers, like... Um, oh, the I, horror guy. I yeah, like, the horror guy. I was actually guy. about actual Mike Myers, like, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> no, no, like, no, why would Mike Myers be in, in the game? I don't know, it could be there as Austin Powers. Like, you know, he fires a gun. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, but no, he's not... He, it's Michael Myers. Yeah. But no, I mean, there's, like, a ton of other ones in Fortnite. And again, Nintendo could have that opportunity to be in there, but no, they just said... We don't want you know, to. No, I thought I should probably do like you know. Hey, we have the epic battle between Mike Myers and Michael Myers. Finally, <laughs> like you know, who is the ultimate Mike Myers? Yeah, exactly. It's like do 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 do. It's like uh, not gonna happen, baby. And like always, like you know, what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, no, seriously. I mean, I could see Samus in Fortnite. Um, I could, but uh, I don't. know. Maybe Zero Suit Samus, probably. Sure, yeah. Zero Suit, yes, because I mean, she. If we got, if we gave like regular Samus a, an opportunity in Fortnite, she would be OP'd to hell. She has yeah, all I... of those suits and all of the features in there. But yeah, Zero Suit can actually work. Yeah, but uh, right now, I, it's funny because. I mean, I could see Nintendo maybe agreeing to like if, if Fortnite if to have Nintendo characters exclusively on like on their on their on their Nintendo consoles, but I can't see them going anywhere else. Fair I don't, enough. That, that's the way I see it. But if anything, so. Okay, and we have some sad news to bring you, actually. A Nintendo Live 2024 Tokyo event has been cancelled after the staff were threatened. Yeah, so let's read about this, shall we? So I have here currently, uh, courtesy of Eurogamer, Nintendo has cancelled the Nintendo Live Tokyo 2024 event planned to run in January due to safety fears following threats to staff and visitors. A Splatoon's eSport event uh, due to be held next weekend has also been postponed, and the game's World Championship 2024 have been delayed until further notice. Nintendo has not detailed the exact nature of these safety concerns other than a statement released via X, formerly Twitter, noted that it received persistent threats targeting our employees, which had recently also spread to spectators at the upcoming Splatoon event. Nintendo Live was set to run on the 20th and the 21st of January in Tokyo, followed by Nintendo Live 2023 in Seattle. This event was going to be featuring playable versions of upcoming Switch games, concerts, and more. It was supposed to be a huge year for Nintendo because of the widely expected Switch 2 and a swath of games that were already announced such as a new Princess Peach game and a Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door remake. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's sad that this has happened, but, I mean, here's the thing about this. Nintendo have to take safety seriously. Of course. In regards to all this. So, like, you know, as fun as some of the gaming community can be, unfortunately, there can be real, like, really awful people that are sure. also in there as well. And so, I mean, it's just, unfortunately, Nintendo have to basically do the safest thing. I mean, like, it can't be a situation where it's like, oh, okay, imagine if they did the opposite. Imagine they just ignored it and just said, oh, well, let's, let's go ahead. Something terrible happens, and then Nintendo gets the blame. Oh, because yeah. they were told prior that something was going on. Of course. And even the police basically got involved and they, yeah. they went around with it anyway i mean are you kidding me this will be a huge pr nightmare basically like a whole bunch of threats are coming into nintendo saying we're going to do something severe to your employees they ignore and saying oh who cares that's just probably just some little threat that they are not really taking seriously then before you know there's lots of fights going on maybe some people get severely injured or even killed and then everybody is just completely losing faith over nintendo's safety and respect towards their gamers and to the people that they are hiring to work for them and then pretty much nobody is treating nintendo to the seriousness that we would ordinarily take it, so, it you know, for somewhere down the line i'm pretty sure we're going to find out like you know what the what the nature of this was but i mean the fact that it includes employees and even people are going to be attending the events i mean like uh, it sounds like you know something something pretty terrible that was going to happen probably at this event if they decided if they decided to go ahead with it that is so so, so upsetting it is yeah and uh it's just interesting to see like you know uh, somewhere, I mean, somewhere down, they can't keep you know somewhere down the line there's going to be leaks and we're going to find out you know what this what this thing was but uh, I mean like uh, I don't know like uh, I mean given the fact that it's an esports event I mean like uh, there have been things in the past where you know where gam you know illegal gambling kind of like gets involved and uh, there's been times where you know, like football matches and like you know other, other events have been like cancelled because obviously you know people are being pressured into like you know uh, dropping games in order to like you know uh, make certain things happen so I mean was potentially that's I mean again we're speculating here. We're just thinking about what potentially could be that's so serious that Nintendo said pull the plug entirely on this. I mean, is it threats to life? Is it threats to, you know, people's safety? Things like that. Like, you know, was someone threatening to cause a lot of trouble in that event if it went ahead? I mean, obviously, we don't know at this stage, but I think somewhere down the line, I think, you know, as uh, time goes on and uh, people start opening up, maybe we'll probably learn more about it later in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. But in the meanwhile, we are really sad about this cancellation. I mean, we're supposed to get a lot of great stuff. I'll tell you what, as thinking about that, I think we'll learn a bit more about it if there's an arrest. Like, oh, you know. yeah, even worse so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they're able to pinpoint maybe another threat that Nintendo is getting and they're able to find out who was responsible for it, you can be sure that there is going to be serious news. Yeah, say, well, ever since the assassination of like your Prime Minister Abe, I guarantee you, like, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be zero tolerance I think towards things like that at the minute in regards to the police. Oh, absolutely. So, like, yes. what we imagine like, you know, uh, they'll be willing to hunt down hunt down whatever's happened or try to investigate what's happened and to figure out what to do. Yeah, and, and if so. there's something that you do not want to lay low or say that is not too serious it's the japanese police yeah, exactly well definitely that's what's happened recently like uh, when a guy like uh, for those of you who do not know like you know um, there was a, an assassination of a, of a politician where you know he this guy like constructed like a homemade gun and uh, basically you know just shot it at him and you know he, he was dead Yep. Effectively, like you know, this is uh, you know, this is how um, the, the you know, since then things have been things like this have been taken very seriously. So you know, it's on the background of all of this really. That thing that they're working on, absolutely. So yeah. yeah. So until we hear some further news about a new date, or uh, maybe they'll even postpone it to even 2025. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And finally, Nickelodeon is tapping SpongeBob Patrick star Sandy Cheeks to help in the Super Bowl coverage this year. I am so surprised in this. Like, to be fair, when you think of SpongeBob, you don't necessarily think of American football. You don't necessarily think of one of the biggest sporting events of the year. We're talking about the Super Bowl, which, uh, here's the thing, like... Well, from what I understand, this is that, you know, uh, this is their alternative coverage. Like, uh, so I think, uh, but, but keep this in mind, you know, uh, Nickelodeon have covered sports games in the past. Oh, sure. Yeah, they have, but not to the Super Bowl's extreme. Yeah. This is something that is, I mean, sure, they have covered like several football games, but yeah, this is something that is beyond huge for the sponge. Yeah, I mean, like, well, let's be honest. I mean, it's interesting. Like, uh, has the Super Bowl gone as low to actually, you know, incorporate SpongeBob SquarePants into its coverage, or has SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, got to such a high place that you know now that the Super Bowl can't ignore it and say that it needs to be basically put in there? That's a good question. I have no idea. You know, who who basically who benefits out of this event? Basically, like, you know, are sports fans going to be like really excited to know that SpongeBob SquarePants is going to be covering their Super Bowl, or like, you know, is uh, are Nickelodeon fans going to be happy that you know they got the Super Bowl? 
Like it's just it's. Uh, I, I don't mean, know. here's it's, the thing. It's like um, that's like the equivalent of um, let's just say like the, the like, let's just say Preston North End made it to the finals in the championship, and Postman Pat was the one who was giving the commentary. Um, yeah, that will be weird. <laughs> that I mean, like uh, you know, it's just it's. Uh, yeah, I think if uh, if we got to the playoff finals and you know we found out that's you know oh hey you know it's going to be uh, the characters of CITV who are basically going to be like you know cover, covering the you know the 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 action at Wembley Stadium. He's kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> Exactly. Like, you know, do we really want to be in the Premier League next season? Like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. So, uh, but here's the thing about this. Apparently, not only are, I'm just looking down here, others who also would join us. So, Sandy Cheeks, obviously, from George Squarepants, is going to be in there. Apparently, Larry the Lobster is also going to be there as well. Mr. Lawrence, apparently, is going to be there. Well, Dora I mean, the Explorer, apparently, is uh, going to be, you know, involved in this as well. And uh, also, apparently, young Dylan, young Dylan Schaffer from the game, Nickelodeon's NFL Slime Time, will also be reporting on the game, too. Wow. So, we're going to send so for the simulcast for the children who are watching the Super Bowl, um, essentially the whole thing is going to be covered by Nickelodeon mainstays. We're going to have SpongeBob, Patrick, Sandy, Larry the Lobster, Dora the Explorer, and young Dylan and Dylan Shafter. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure for the kids they'll enjoy it, but for like everybody else who's tuning in, they'll be like, what? This sounds like an April Fool's Day joke. And it's not. Do, doesn't it? Like, uh, so, um, but, so, I mean, uh, apparently, according to this, Nickelodeon's uh, Super Bowl efforts represents one of the biggest places by the NFL to reach new audiences. The league has experimented with a variety of so-called alternative telecasts of football games in recent years. ESPN's uh, Manning cast, quote-unquote, uh, featured a list of football greats uh, paid in AI Manning on a loose-talking conversation that might be held at a local bar. No, 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 this makes sense because these are former NFL players. It makes sense that they would do commentary that is, like, talking very loosely while a game is going yeah. on. And also, Disney's Freeform once in 2021 also tried to do the AFL wildcard game uh, back in uh, uh, the teens and young adults. and had stars from the series mixing up with then ESPN personalities Maria Teo and Jesse Palmer. Again, so it, Disney's makes, gone, yeah, again. it makes sense because we are having people from ESPN, which is their major sporting network that is able to give commentary for those who are able to tune into it. So again, Disney... And, um, you know, is able to make a lot of sense with this. And also the Manning cast makes a lot of sense because they all have associations with sports and football. SpongeBob, Dora the Explorer, and Young Dylan have no association with footballs or sports whatsoever. On top of that, as well, like you know, um, has Tom Kenny ever, co- ever, you know, um, you know, I probably imagine they are going to like you know train him up on like uh, you know calling a sports game. Oh sure. But has Tom Kenny? I mean, forget SpongeBob SquarePants and forget like you know the, the the character for a second. Let's talk about the voice actors. Have they ever called a sports game before? I have no idea. I mean, like uh, they probably have done it in training. I probably sure, imagine. Yeah. Sure. But uh, I mean, so. Uh, um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this... I mean, like, uh, um, to be honest with you, I mean, um, given how fun SpongeBob SquarePants actually sounds, like, in the show, like, you know, I guess I wouldn't mind him too much, like, for, for calling a sports game, because you can see how excited he can get, like, you know, if there's a touchdown or something like that. Oh, yeah, like, you know, of course. He's not exactly going to call golf, is he? Like, you know, it's just... it's uh, So, I mean, who knows? Maybe the, maybe this could be maybe this could be exciting. Oh, so. sure, it could be exciting for the children, but I guess it, it, that's what it is, exa- it, it, for the most part. Yeah. This is a simulcast for the children. Children, yeah. And for those who don't want to like watch the Super Bowl regularly. So, okay, I get that part, but this is, this sounds strange to me. I'm, I don't know. I mean, at least they're going with SpongeBob SquarePants and Project Star. It could be worse. They're going to go with SpongeBob SquarePants and Squidworth. I mean, like, fair, you know, fair how enough. about that? Would okay, that be? okay, that would be bad. Yes, I do yeah. agree. And here's the thing about this: like, if they take Patrick Star out, you know, where, if they take them out of character and they basically just call a sports game, and they just like, you know, they uh, it could be a good chance to you know kids to learn about football. I mean, like, uh, if they do, if they uh, you know tone it down enough, where it's like you know you're not bringing in like the complexities of the game, and, like saying, okay, this is the reason why this happened. Okay, you know, like this is the reason why the referee's calling, making this call. You know, and they learn about football. I mean, I, like, you I, know, I guess sure if you want to be able to to lure kids into learning about the sport in a much more easier way. Sure, I can understand that. I guess that's what the appeal is. And especially since we've been having it in more recent years in which a lot of people are not really much into sports as they used to. So they decided to have um, usually uh, a case where they would bring in people to do commentary that a lot of people would actually know who they are and would ease them in. So again, I can understand that. Also a good chance to play time with your kid as well. Like, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, your kid probably isn't into that football all that much, but hey, you know, 
know, they are into SpongeBob, so like you know, and I don't mind like you know, we're listening to SpongeBob. Depends if you want to mind like you know, while your kids watching football, you have to listen to SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Scott call you football, call the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like a kid who wants to sit down and watch SpongeBob, but you want to watch the game. So hey, why don't we put both in there? It's a compromise. It's a compromise. You know, like it's a you know, if I mean, it's going to be an interesting experiment whether like you know this type of family entertainment is going to fly because I guarantee you this, if they do this and ratings go through the roof, they're going to do this every year. Oh, well, you know what? You have a point. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, I mean, just see how long it goes. Like, you know, do they go to the, do they go to Major League Soccer after this? I mean, like, uh, do they go to uh, you know baseball games after that? They're gonna go to the Olympics at this point. I mean, the I don't. I here's the thing. Like, you know, as big as SpongeBob SquarePants is, like, you know, I don't know. Would would they be able to call the Olympics? Because like, I don't. I don't think they see allowing it. I don't know. I don't why. know. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, like they, they would have to because who because NBC are the ones who basically carry the Olympics. Yes. I mean, like uh, so, um, but uh, I mean, unless unless I guess you know uh, Paramount, like you know, somehow secured the rights to the Olympic Games. No, they, they, they won't. Will, no, no, they won't. NBC has been having the rights to the Olympics for decades. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't see them giving up for the like the Square SquarePants and Patrick Starr when like you know call the shot put. You know, like, I, I guess you're right. That's true. But you know what? I mean, maybe um, NBC can be able to implement some other characters from their TV shows. Do the simulcasting. Interesting. Like, you know, well, which, uh, which, um, you know, which kids TV characters do NBC actually own? Hmm. Oh, if we're talking about NBC Universal, yeah, they have DreamWorks and Illumination. Well, I mean, hmm, get Mike Myers to call, like, you know, uh, Olympic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you have Shrek. No, Shrek doing it. <laughs> doing the swimming competition. Like, oh, when's the Scottish athletes going to be getting yeah, It's like they're all part of the UK, Shrek. It's like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, like the, you can see some DreamWorks characters having some fun with the Olympics, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Chris Rock can be able to, uh, you know, have his performance, and we can have, um, let's see, Ben Stiller in there. You know, the characters from Madagascar, or Jack Black. Mind you, would now, be, would Jack be, Black would be fun. Jack Black would be a lot of fun as Poe from Kung Fu Panda. That'd be, oh, he, oh, that'd be awesome. He could, he could call the in, in the ring sports games. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, like he say was Poe, like you know, this is what you know what you do. Yeah, you know, that that would be you know, get kids into the Olympics. I mean, yeah. like. There's a new generation there. I mean, that yeah. would be a good idea. Yeah. But you know what? I can think of a more. You know, I'm really, I'm really. You know, now that we're having this conversation, I really regret making this. And finally, really, it's not really a stupid news story. It's an interesting discussion. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, mind you, do you remember the Laugh Olympics? Yes. Yeah, like with Hanna Barbera characters. What if they did a modern day version of that? Hmm. Interesting. What if all the dream? What if they got all the DreamWorks characters together and like you know, okay, you have to put in Boss Baby and Mega Mind and uh, you know some of the other ones, but then obviously you have Shrek, you have the Madagascar crew, you have everybody else like that, and basically yeah, you do your own version of Laugh Olympics. Oh yeah. With DreamWorks characters, I mean like yeah, uh, you could have Shrek, you could have Monsters vs. Aliens, Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon. Dragon yeah. Yeah, like, and even all the, like all these wacky events and everything like that. I I, like, I actually like, want to see that. Yeah, like you know, uh, but who would be like uh, so? You know, that's like the universe version, like the Yogi Dogies, the um, who are the who are the other teams? The Scooby Scooby Doobies, and then they were like uh, the the rotten the rotten ruins was it something, something like that? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like uh, that, were, that were ran by surprisingly ran by you know like I remember like the 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 villains team were always were ran by Mutley and not ran by Dick Dastardly. Right. That was that was that was confusing. I wonder why that was. I don't. No. I can understand why Yogi Bear was in charge of the other team. I can understand why Scooby Doo was like in charge of the other team, but Motley was in, was the, was like the captain of like the other team. I, I, I guess like, maybe they were trying to make it anthropomorphic. I don't know. They, they should have just picked Dick Dastardly. I don't know. I don't know. But, anyway, yeah. but I would say, yeah. I mean, at first when we were like listening into this news, is like, okay, we're gonna have a simulcast uh, of the Super Bowl with SpongeBob, Dora the Explorer, and various other characters just doing uh, commentary during the Super Bowl. But now that we're talking about, it, I was like, okay, I can definitely see this being fun for kids and families. Okay, it's not a stupid idea. Oh my god, can you imagine years down the line, like you know, when we have to do a casual chats and they want more Nickelodeon properties? It's like, oh wow, the Super Bowl stuff with Nickelodeon characters has actually been really good. Let's do that. Yeah, and then we're gonna have to think of like commentaries of okay, who would do the NBA Finals? Who would do the World Series? Who would do Wimbledon? Who would do the PGA Golf Tour Open? I think at that point, I think we should probably end the show. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I think we, this could go on for like another another two hours. I yeah, think, and we got plenty of things to do. All right, everybody. So thank you very much for putting up with us and uh, for you know two parts of this uh, for this week. So you know, do apologize that we all can cram it into one episode but so we're having so much fun here you know, yeah we have this. and uh we have about one more episode of aaron and patricia to record to record right before i have to go back yeah exactly so um thanks everybody for uh, tuning in and uh, we will see you all very soon all right bye everyone bye bye <laughs>